0: If I was to ask you what part of your body would be the biggest loss if you did not have it in your everyday life, I wonder what you would think of. There are obviously a lot of different parts that come to mind. 18 months ago, I fell and broke my wrist, which meant that I could not use my right hand and being right-handed, it made me see how much reliance I placed on that hand. Liz can vouch for that. (laughs) Have you ever thought what a wonderful gift God gave you in creating your hands? Funny looking things, actually, when you look at them, you think, you know, you you often wonder and think of, why would God make something that's shaped like that, with all these gaps in between, and yet how useful they are to you? You couldn't live very easily without them. In this message this morning, I want to ask you this question. What do you have in your hand? We all know the story of the burning bush and Moses' excuses when God called him to free the children of Israel. He had four excuses and God had four answers. Let's have a look at this story and see what these were. I'm just going to quickly review the the burning bush and then we'll continue on a bit further. Exodus chapter 3 and 4 we're looking at this morning. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go and see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. Here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me. And I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them. So let's pick up the story now in verse 10. Now go, for I am sending you to Pharaoh you must lead my people Israel out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you and this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested again If I go to the people of Israel and tell them, The God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, What is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. But Moses protested again, what if they won't believe me or listen to me? What if they say the Lord never appeared to you? Then the Lord asked him, what is that in your hand? A shepherd's staff, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. Then the Lord told him, reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it and it turned back into a shepherd's staff in his hand. Perform this sign, the Lord told him, then they will believe that the Lord, the God of their ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob really has appeared to you. Then the Lord said to Moses, now put your hand inside your cloak. So Moses put his hand inside his cloak. When he took it out, his hand was white as snow with severe skin disease. Now put your hand back into your cloak, the Lord said. So Moses put his hand back in, and when he took it out again, it was as healthy as the rest of his body. The Lord said to Moses, If they do not believe you and are not convinced by the first miraculous sign, they will be convinced by the second sign. And if they don't believe you or listen to you even after these two signs, then take some water from the Nile River and pour it out on the dry ground. When you do, the water from the Nile will turn to blood on the ground. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, O Lord, I'm not very good with words. I never have been, and I'm not now, even though you have spoken to me. I get tongue-tied, and my words get tangled. Then the Lord asked Moses, Who makes a person's mouth? Who decides whether people speak or do not speak, hear or do not hear, see or do not see? Is it not I, the Lord? The Lord? Now go, I will be with you as you speak, and I will instruct you in what to say. But Moses again pleaded, Lord, please send someone else. Then the Lord became angry with Moses. All right, he said, what about your brother Aaron, the Levite? I know he speaks well. And look, he is on his way to meet you now, and he will be delighted to see you. Talk to him and put the words in his mouth. I will be with you, with both of you as you speak, and I will instruct you both in what to do. Aaron will be your spokesman to the people. He will be your mouthpiece, and you will stand in the place of God for him, telling him what to say. Now take your shepherd's staff with you, and use it to perform the miraculous signs I have shown you. Most of us know the story. How many, I wonder how many times you counted there where Moses objected. And I wonder how many times we can think in our own lives when God's asked us to do something and we've said much the same sort of thing. So what were the four excuses and how did God answer each one? Who am I? But Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. God's answer was, it doesn't matter, Moses, who you are. What is important is who I am and that I will be with you. His second excuse, I won't know what to say. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, I don't talk well. I've never been good with words. God said, I'll be right there with you to teach you what to say. God's answer again, I will tell you. The third excuse, they won't listen to me. Moses objected, they won't trust me. They won't listen to a word I say. God's answer was that I will work through you in power. They will see and believe. Fourth excuse, I can't speak well. I don't have the skills. But Moses pleaded with the Lord, I'm not very good with words. God's answer was to speak through him. Do you and I have similar excuses as Moses? Well, God has similar answers for us. Moses was once a doubter, and the beginning of his ministry, he was certainly nervous. We're not going to focus on all of these excuses this morning, but I want to focus on a single question God asks of Moses. Verses 2 to 4 again. Then the Lord asked of him, What is that in your hand? A rod or a stick, Moses replied. Throw it down on the ground, the Lord told him. So Moses threw down the staff and it turned into a snake. Moses jumped back. Then the Lord told him, Reach out and grab its tail. So Moses reached out and grabbed it and it turned back into a rod in his hand. God said to him, What do you have? Moses said, A rod, nothing special, just a shepherd's staff that he used in his job as a shepherd. I want us to look at three things this morning that can help us to serve God when he calls us. The first thing is, what is nothing to us is something to God. What was that rod used for? This stick in his hand, it was used To confront soothsayers at Pharaoh's court. To turn the waters of Egypt into blood. To bring frogs upon the land. To cause lice throughout the land of Egypt. To bring thunder and hail throughout the land. To bring an east wind that brought the locusts across the land. To cause the waters of the Red Sea to stand up like a wall. To cause the bottom of that sea to dry up so they could pass to cause the waters of the Red Sea to come back upon Pharaoh's armies, to bring forth water from the rock at Horeb to supply their needs and to bring victory to his army, a stick in his hand. This rod was nothing special of itself. It was just a stick. What was significant about this stick? It was what Moses had. God didn't ask Moses what he didn't have. We all could make a long list of what we don't have. We don't have enough money. We don't have a good education. We don't have a high social standing. We have no special skills. We're too young. We're too old. We've done our share. And the list could go on and on. God never directs our attention to what we don't have, but what we do have, even though it might be small. The second point is availability to God is the key. Would this staff have been able to be used if it remained a stick in the hand of Moses? To be used, it had to be made available to God for his use. Once Moses released it, it became God's for him to use as he needed. You see, the difference about that stick Was it the power of God? It's not your ability or your knowledge or your talent or even the size of your gift. All that matters is how much of God is in what you have in your hand. Your stick represents what you have that you surrender to God. When God gets in it, it's enough. When God gets in it, it will surprise you. Moses fled from his rod when it turned into a serpent. We need to ask God to get in our stick. God in our song, God in our preaching, God in our marriage, God in our business, God in our gift, God in our talent. When God gets in a thing, it's not the same just like Moses, who had never seen his rod do anything like that before. God got in a rock and caused a river to flow out of it that quenched the thirst of thousands of Israelites. God got in a donkey and caused it to speak and rebuke a rebellious prophet. God got in an axe head of iron and caused it to swim up to the top of the water so the prophet could reach out his hand and take hold of it. God got it in a little pot of oil and caused it to multiply till it met every need and provided an abundant overflow. God got in a box and they called it the Ark of the Covenant. The ark was made out of wood, but it was covered with gold. No one would know by looking at the outside that there was such a valuable treasure inside. Today God has chosen to place his presence and glory in human hearts. 2 Corinthians 4.7 tells us, But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. It was only as Moses released his rod to God that God's power came into it. It's only as we surrender ourselves to God that his power will be manifested through us. God wants to give us something new, something greater, but you have to be willing to let go of what you have. The third point was this. The rod of Moses became the rod of God. Moses used the staff of God to confront the powers of this world, and each time Moses was triumphant. Moses had carried that staff all along. He already had it. It just needed to be touched by God and transformed to be useful. God told Moses what he was going to do and how he would deliver Israel. But he still had to stretch out the rod. God's word reveals his will to us, but we still have to speak it. In other words, we have to stretch out the rod that God has given to us. Jesus said we had mountain-moving power, but he said in order for the mountain to move, we have to speak to it. Have faith that God can, can and will do what he says. Every time Moses stretched out the rod, it was a type of speaking the word out of a believing heart. One of the greatest problems we have as believers is we have a tendency to underestimate what we have. Some examples from the Bible. I have just enough meal and oil for one little cake, said the widow of Zarephath. I have just a little pot of oil, said the widow woman who was in debt and in danger of losing her sons to a life of slavery. There is a lad here with two fish and five loaves of bread, but what is that among so many, asked Philip, a disciple of Jesus. In each case their little bit was enough. When they put it in God's hands, it became more than enough. When Samson was assaulted by the Philistines, he found the jawbone of an ass and with it slew a thousand men. All God needs is for you to take what you have and make yourself available to him. Put it in his hands. When Samson used that jawbone, It became an instrument of mass destruction through God's power. Had he thought that it was too weak or too insignificant or too foolish, he may have died at the hands of the enemy. If we make ourselves and our gifts and talents available to God, he will take them and make them his. It's not our voice that we sing with, it's God's. It's not our voice that we teach with, it's God's. It's not our hands that we work with, they're God's. It is not our small and frail bodies, but God's. Look what God did with a stick. Uh, I just left the devotion book there, please. I was reading my devotion book um, this week. It's a devotion book. called hope by Billy Graham and it just uh, I thought was appropriate this morning it also happened to be on my birthday so that was appropriate one of Satan's oldest tricks is to make us think that we aren't worth anything and that God can't use us but it simply isn't true from one end to the other the Bible tells us that God loves us if he didn't Christ would never have died for our sins but he did because God loves us and God also wants to use us. He has equipped every one of us with the gifts we need to serve him. Notice that? Every one of us is capable of doing something. God's given those gifts to us and we have them if we only allow him to take hold of them. So let me ask each one of us this morning, do you hear God asking you, what's that in your hand? And then have you allowed God to touch it for his power and his glory? We're never too old, we're never too young, That we're all capable of doing something for the Lord. There's no such thing as retirement in the Lord's work, I've discovered, and I'm sure we have all discovered that too. God has always got something for us to do because we are all able to do something for the Lord if we allow him to work through us. So often we feel we need extraordinary abilities to do God's work. In truth, we already possess whatever we need to do God's work. We just need to let God touch it. And then we need to use it. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you that you have given us gifts and abilities to use. Sometimes we don't even realize we've got them. But you are asking us to allow you to work through us to highlight those gifts and those abilities such that you can use them for your glory. So, Father, this morning as we just think on these things, help us to allow you to show us what we have and what we can do if we allow you to use us for your service. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.